Hello, beautiful people and fellow winers, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something to Wine About, where we wine while we wine about life, relationship, culture, and more, because sometimes you just need to wine a little. Um, it is fourth, su- fourth Sunday. God, yep. You know what you it are- is? Yeah. We about to talk church today. Let us pray. Okay. It's fourth Wednesday though, for real, for real. But in real life. In real life. <laughs> but we won't consider it for Sunday because I just I can't I can't I I can't. Um yeah, so you know, grab a glass of your favorite red, white, rose, apple juice, sparkling cider, join us on the couch. Make sure you come on over to YouTube and you know, give us a look and a holler if you would, or check us out if you on your if you're on your favorite podcast platform, come on over to YouTube and help us reach 500 subscribers before our first anniversary, which is Cinco de Mayo. May 5th. We didn't intentionally do that, but you know, that's another drinking holiday. So I guess it works out. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what it is. Yes. Hello, everybody. Uh, Yes, we are here for all of the cheers. Cheersing cheersing holidays. That's what I'm going to call cheering holidays. How are you guys doing? I know I can't hear your response, but I hope that you're doing well this week. Um, yeah, you saw, you saw me doing the intro, doing a whole little adjusting thing. Yep. And this is how it goes. <laughs> so if you're ever thinking about doing a podcast, just know these things happen. <laughs> and we will whine about that another time. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week. Um, so the topic this week, this is our full is the culture. And one thing we knows about our culture is the Lord. You be the church at Amen. You to shout. We be in church. Okay. You know, I love the song that I know most people hate when the dude, I can't even think of the artist's name. He was he made a song about being in church. He was like, I grew up in the church. My mama father was in the church. Went to Sunday Sunday morning in the church, Wednesday morning in the church, like everything. I think the name of the song is actually called "We in the Church." Like it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. Um, but for all of us churchgoers, us real churchy, grew up churchy people, we understand the song, <laughs> which is probably why it annoys us a little bit because it kind of it's, it's, it's might be a little bit of a trigger. A little bit, because we was in that sucker all the time. Okay, the building was where we were at. Okay, um, so because that is such a big part of who we are, or a big part of our culture, of course, for the culture, we're going to talk. We're going to whine about it. Okay, we're going to whine about it. And today, more specifically, we're going to whine about ministry. Both of us have participated in ministry and we have seen the ups, the downs, the ins and the outs of such. So we want to just touch bases on a little bit, whine a little bit about it. Um, but of course, as you know, before we do it, we gotta pour our dresses. So in honor of black history, Javon, let us know what's blind uh blind. Blind. I don't think he's blind. I don't think he's blind. <laughs> this is what like you wonder why. It's not. Black. Not blind. Black. 
um, black, brown, whatever you want to call it, person of color, wine are you sipping on today? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we both have the same brand. We do have the same brand. Yay! It is the LVE Legend Vineyard Exclusive. Ooh. I have the French Sparkling Rosé. So, um, yeah. It's a Brut Rosé. This brand is by John Legend. We ordinary people. Whose entire first album is about cheating. Just so everyone's clear in case y'all forgot. I mean, I love the album, but I Look, really... That joint is on my repeat. Okay. It's a great album. It's just every song. I think I realized, like, by song five, I was like, there's a pattern. <laughs> there's a pattern happening here, guys. You got anyway. I think I got to, like, six or seven and was like, or it might not even have been, like, the first time. It might have been, like... Oh, it wasn't the first time for me. Same time. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it wasn't the first time I heard it. The first time I heard, you know, the first time you listen to an album, you just going through to see if they all box or not. Right, the right. The second time I was like, hmm, wait a minute, something's weird about this, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And like around time four, I was like, every song. Okay. And like, I now, I, I get it. I get it. However, still love him as an artist. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, him and all of that. Jamie Foxx still did the best impression of John Legend to He does, he does. Um, but, so she has the rosé? The, the brute? No, the French sparkling rosé, which is a oh, brute rosé. Okay. And I have the Chardonnay. Um, it's one of their signature series, Chardonnay's. So, I like, he signed the cork, like it has this signature on it. Like this is very well polished, very, let me get it out the light, like, so y'all can see it a little bit. Like it's real clean. I like this, I like the design. I was, I was excited, you know? We, we are very cultured. And when I say we, I mean us, brown. I, I have declared myself today, I heard something on the radio and I was like, I like that. I am not brown. I'm not black because I'm not. I'm golden. So I used to tell people, I told people in high school, uh, my high school husband, who who's gay, my gay husband in high school. I said something one time about I'm not black or brown. I am a, what did I say? Toasted mocha with toasted caramel with a cherry undertone. Cause honestly, that's like really what it is. But it's, it's funny to me, this is so on the side, but since you brought that up, it's funny to me how like black people are considered black, right? Well, most of us are not, we're brown, hence the whole brown sugar, the whole chocolate. But then when people talk about black and brown people, brown automatically enters, it like is equated to Latinos. But I'm like, but y'all realize that most, right, that the people you call quote unquote black are not actually black, right? Like, I get the origins of that in a lot of ways when you were grabbing African slaves and they were all, like, most of them were super dark, so I get that. But we, their descendants, most of us not that. I'm not saying you don't have the dark chocolate in the swirl. I'm not saying that that's not in the culture. It is. But that's not that's not even the majority of us, quite frankly. Most it's, of us It's are. not. <laughs> and even most of the darkest of dark of us who... 
some people like to call us uh, black, blue, purple, them dark people, which I'm going to be honest with you, I freaking love them because, uh, side note, a lot of their skin yeah. is like, oh my God, can my skin be like you? And I mean like texture, smoothness, consistent. It is gorgeous. But anyway, we are good for digressions here too. So if this is your first time, just Welcome. subscribe, hit this like and subscribe button, join in on the conversation. We are good for the digressions at any point in time. But yes, I to sum this up, we love all shades of us. But for now on, I will be considering, I will be writing on any application other than golden. Just so you know, that's public service announcement from Taisha. So. <laughs> I think I always check other. I check black if convenient. I check other if convenient. I, I, I check, I would check black just to get over with. Um, I really prefer not to answer because mm-hmm. I feel like, honestly, you are doing that to for statistic purposes and um, for statistic purposes, not even boxing me, but to say, oh, well, we have this percentage of black people that, you know, so we must be, you know, for the culture. That don't mean that. Or these black people are doing this the most. And that I you don't need to know what I'm doing. I feel like it's another way of which it is counting and tracking our movements. And in all honesty, you shouldn't be trying to count it because I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Or trying to get brownie points or just try to put a number to whatever it is the point that you're trying to prove. I don't know if I um, articulated this correctly, but hopefully you get the drift. The okay, gist most, of it, of what most of it to me is irrelevant. Like unless you're talking medical and that's just because black people depending like genetics and stuff becomes a mm-hmm. thing. But if I'm applying for a job, why does it matter? Why does it if matter? If I'm going to get a driver's license, I guess, but really why does it matter? Like half the time, and what kills me though is people always talk about how so in a digression we're gonna get to church but people always talk about how oh my god black people so obsessed with race black people so obsessed with race black people not put in we didn't create the census we didn't create these job applications we didn't create any of these applications that constantly ask you for it if i'm applying for target why does it matter if i'm applying like why is it on every application if i'm going to college why does it matter like why does it matter we didn't come up with this let's be very clear so that's my that's my thing. I usually either checked other for like ever or I didn't answer. Matter of fact, the last census and I did it online. Like I didn't even get to do I couldn't do it on paper. I think I did it online or and they asked, or maybe it was the paper one. I don't remember. And I think they asked like race and I wrote human and kept it pushing. Like, why does if your whole thing about the census is body count, just strictly body count, so you know where to send tax dollars, what does it matter of the race, the skin color of those bodies? Why does that matter? Because that because of the whole uh equality. That's why I say it's it's a statistic thing. It's a oh, who want we want to be counted. I'm cool for wanting to be counted, but I feel like it's always an undertone. Oh, yeah. With especially with our country and yep. its history, it's an undertone reason. And for a lot of things, it's just not necessary. Nope. It's not necessary to know 
if I'm black, white, Mexican, Puerto Rican, you know, any of that. It's it's not necessary, especially if I'm best qualified or if I fit, if everything else fits, you know what I'm saying? What color I am should not matter. And believe it or not, people, well, we all know this, us of who 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 pay attention know that that plays a part. Oh well, we the diversity thing um in 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 jobs. Oh well, we 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 have 20 black people working here. So Right, because then you're checking boxes. You're not really worried about what I'm bringing to the table. Other what than, I'm bringing is what I'm asking. Other than my skin tone, and that's insulting. It is. That is. Because one, I didn't choose this brand. I love it. <laughs> but I didn't choose it. So why is it a determining factor of anything? Right. Period. So that's, that's how I rant on that. That's our Black History Month rant. It's the fourth. It's it's fourth Wednesday. It's the end of the month. We decided, you know, we're gonna pay. We gotta get it out. And and I'll be honest, if you're you are going to be very familiar with this community, our fellow whiteers, you are going to hear us talk about our blackness, our goldenness, all the time because we live this each and every day of our life. Yes, we are. So this is not something that you opt to hear. Um, just go down in in the uh the, the box. Just skip to the part that you want to hear. <laughs> we got and time. it's a timeline. It's a timeline. It's a timeline. So just, just you ain't gotta leave. You just skip over this part. <laughs> but if it really bothers you, what's that song that's out now? Unfollow you. Unfollow. It's a whole thing right now, and and it's okay. We love you too. And as you go exit out the room. But anyway, um, let's get into this here's topic of ministry. So I have a question, Siobhan, how many ministries have you been a part? One. <laughs> and I did not grow up in the church for, for, for context. I was always the, um, I was the, I don't know, I don't know the Bible enough to say, like, I was like Peter and Paul, I guess, like, I was here, but I was kind of not here, and I was always the one, like, I think I always identified with Peter, because I'd have been like, yo, Jesus, like, you sure you really, want? when he was like, I want you as my disciple, you sure? Because I'm gonna call you on some stuff, bro, like, I, you know what I mean, like, you know, you know I am, right, like, I, I'm half in these streets, so, like, I, but I wasn't really in the streets, I was in dance class. But I, um, yeah, I didn't really church. I didn't church. So, you know, according to church folks, anything outside of the building was the streets. (laughs) Yo, like, I really, I was an honorary member because I I was in and out. Like, my church history, my history with church is a little complicated. But I've served on one ministry, though I have danced a bunch of times in church, um for I did a wedding once I was you know guest dancer for some stuff but I've only served on one okay um well I have been in church for as long as I can remember um but I wasn't so when I feel like I don't I feel like I was a church girl ish And I say ish because I was there a lot. But I'm going to be honest, at a young age, when I paid attention, 
I was like, God scared me when I was younger. Like, I was like, he's so scary. Um, but as I got older, I was like, oh, I get it. You like, like the parents scary. Like, you know, when you little, your parents bigger than you ever like, ooh, oh, wait a minute. But as you get older, you start to understand more. You start to comprehend. You start to go through situations. So I feel like that's what happened with me. But that's why I say I'm church girl-ish because where my mom made sure when we knew the Lord um, and we, we had a foundation in church at a very, very young age, I can remember my mom looking for a church to attend regularly. And she didn't find one for a while. It was one. <laughs> that she went to and I remember this church because I remember we used to walk to it it was one that she went to she, she never joined the church but we went there because it, one it was local we didn't have a car so we were able to walk and until my mama saw this lady do this like flipped out holy ghost but it wasn't the holy like we seen the holy ghost but it wasn't that holy ghost it was a different ghost that jumped up in this lady and I remember seeing, you know, like, you know, you remember pit, bits and pieces, like it's a fuzzy picture. And I remember my mother saying that day, yeah, this is it. <laughs> like, never went back. I don't even think, um, matter of fact, I think the church, matter of fact, I know it is, it's tore down, like it's gone. Um, I can't even remember the name of the church, like nothing. That's how young I was. Um, and then we didn't go to another church for a while until we found um, what is now Jericho City of Praise. Um, I went there when they was in D.C. on Douglas Street. So, and at that time, I was about seven or eight. And it was there where the churchy girl started to develop, where um, I had my first experience with joining a ministry at a young age. Um, I joined the dance ministry. I sung in the choir. I wanted to be an usher, but at the same time, I didn't because that meant I had to stand up. That was too much for me. <laughs> I, yep, that I thought about it. My mom was in the choir, um, and that was my first experience with ministry. Um, and as a young child, for me, that was my reason for going to church. I have to dance. I'm going to church, you know, I like to dance. And my mom was always one to tell us um, any talent that we had, it was God given. And the, at the bare bone minimum you can do is give your gift as an offering back to God. So I knew my natural gift was dancing. I could hold a note. So I was like, okay, they got ministries for this. One plus one is two. This is what you do, you know, um, met some awesome people. And I just thought church was this wonderful, holy place. And although our church, it wasn't small. It was the first one, Douglas Street was a little small um, compared to what it is now. It was very small. But <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is what it is. You're supposed to come in and... And we went to Bible studies on Wednesdays. We were there. Um, so I learned a lot. 
but did I retain where I can spit it back at you right now? No. Not as well as I should be able to. I'll say that. Absolutely not. Um, I experienced church hurt dealing with ministry. And it was more at a, at a young age. I was about 10 when that happened. And it was more so the people in the ministry. Story time. We were supposed to minister a song. I had been to every practice. And you know, as a dancer, you know, you got to go to every practice. Been to every practice, especially the last two, which are not some go to 10 mandatory in case there were any changes. I missed one, the very last practice. In that practice, no, not very, the second to last practice, they changed so much. Now, me being who I am, I could catch up. That wasn't the issue. I knew this. Um, when I went to the practice before we were supposed to minister, they told me, oh, you haven't been here, so you can't minister. And literally, I was like, I missed one practice. And I missed it because I had a doctor's appointment. And when I say tore my heart to pieces, um, and for me, that was a turning point for me because that was also around the time when I was getting ready to um, transition to another school. Um, it was a lot of transitions going on. So, you know, I'm puberty and things starting to be awake. So for me, I took that hit me hard, you know, like I'm not even accepted in ministry. Like, you know, I practice, I, you know, I, I would go to Bible study. I do like everything. And as an adult now, as someone who has been the lead or a lead in ministry, I can understand now what uh the reasoning behind it um but as a child that tore me to pieces um so it's being a minute being in ministry it's it's still part of life it's those life lessons it's those hard lessons um but it also taught me that there it also was my first glimpse of ego in ministry. And when I say that, it's because I know for a fact that there were, uh, watching them minister that Sunday, I know for a fact that there were about six to seven girls who had been to no practice, except for the last two, who were able to minister. So, but it was, this is the lead person's daughter. This is the so-and-so elder, such and such and such and such niece. And you know, those type things, favoritism and things like that came into play. So that was, again, my first time seeing, oh, no, no, these, these regular people that be out here in the street, they do the same thing in church. <laughs> so, but it brought me to question, okay, well, it, it didn't feel right. So it brought me to question, well, what is ministry? Like, what? is this what ministry is like, you know? Um, and it took me out. Like I stopped dancing in church. I said, you know what? If some, 
if I can put my all into this and it just be ripped from me like that, I want it. So I stopped singing in the choir. I stopped dancing and I lost interest in ministry um, altogether. And for those who don't know, ministry is just simply an act of service, pretty much, um, under the umbrella of whatever your ministry is. So whatever it is that you're doing. So for me, it was dance. For some people, it's singing. For others, it may be serving in the kitchen. Um, for some, it's missionary, where you actually are you know, out doing things in the community. So it's, it's different ways to minister to others um, and operate within a ministry. So for me, that was my first church hurt, my first church hurt, my first ministry hurt, my first like, oh, what is this? Like, this is a lot. Um, and it made me question, honestly, like, do I want to be involved in this to the point where I then thought I saw the showtime of some ministries. And then you get older and you start really like realizing like, oh, these real people, people in ministry. Um, I stopped going to church and I didn't go back to church till I was like solidly going back to church. So I was in Malachi was here. <laughs> that's what happened. So that's how long from about the age. As far as active in ministry. No, I'm lying. Because we went from Douglas Street to Landover, and that was an entire thing. Um, but Jericho became Jericho City of Christ. Ooh. I was there, but at that point, I was only operating in the youth choir. Uh, I ended up getting saved and baptized in, you know, going through that whole process. Um, but I only operated in the singing part of ministering in the choir. And Lord knows, once we got to, from the baby choir, the joys of Jericho, to the teen, huh, And pub, you know, you start seeing them puberty things and the egos and the I'm this. I am the, the 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 star of the choir. I was like, whoa! I, I'm just here because I can sing a little who Like I just want to give God back what He gave me. Like what what is this? And then eventually I see, yeah, this, I'm I'm done. Yep. This is not what I want. The he say she say. And this is why I say I was church-ish <laughs> because I wasn't there. Like, you know, when like the church kids had like the sleepovers and I wasn't going to that. 
So I said, want me to go over the house. I won't go into that either. <laughs> I want to be bothered. So I was like in the ministry, but on the outside. <laughs> I was almost, I always felt like outside. Even to the point where now, well, not now, nothing now. Um, when I, as an adult, when I joined the ministry at Reed Temple, which is the next church that I actually joined, uh, Reed Temple AME, um, when Pastor uh, Washington was there, um, I tried to stay on the outskirts to the point where I didn't want to be in leadership. God pushed me into leadership. I didn't want to be. Um, but the one thing I will say that I learned in that ministry is the one thing I can appreciate in that ministry, and I did learn it, was the way that they cultivated your natural gifts and your talent, and they pushed you to step out into what God has called you to be. If you're supposed to be in leadership, and where you're supposed to be in leadership. That's the one thing that I can appreciate, well, at least for us, the dance ministry. Um, it, that, that did it for me. There, I learned a whole lot more. Also, I could remember a lot more because I was a lot more focused. <laughs> um, what ministry truly is. Uh, and it is... Ministry is a lot because you have to protect yourself. You have to protect um, your spirit and you have to stay connected to God no matter what. And staying connected to God is a, could be a simple devotion every day, just dedicating that time um, to him, just, just to hear and allow him to go, okay, this is what I need you to do, you know, move this way, go that way. This is the, what you're going to avoid and to stay connected as a unit. Um, I feel like in that ministry, I was, because of who I am, I like to stay in the back. I get pushed in the front, but I like to stay in the back. Um, I still felt like an outsider in the inner circle. I still felt like outsider, but I feel like a lot of that was because what happened in my childhood. Um, but even in me feeling like, okay, Amy, being on the outside, uh, I felt like the dance ministry itself, because dance in church, it's a whole nother. Um, but we were the dance ministry was treated like stepchildren <laughs> like who oh yeah sprinkle them in a little bit and one thing when you're in ministry of any sort which you can't do is sprinkle them in a little bit I don't know about y'all but what I know about God is he is not a sprinkle in a little bit thing Period. 
period. Like you can't go, oh, yeah, just top that off. No, that's that's not how he operates. That's the one thing I know through my life experience. You you can't, oh, I'm gonna just sprinkle a little God on you. That's 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 not how they go. That's not how he works. Um but anyway, I don't want to capitalize on the subject. I I could go on and on and on about daggone anything because I just be talking. But Siobhan, since uh let's 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 get you involved. Jesus, you can cut me off. Um I can't. I've tried that in past episodes and doesn't work. So I just sit smilingly <laughs> in the sideline and let you finish. I'm not, no, I can't. I've been shutting up sometimes. I think don't look like that. Don't, don't, don't. literally tape everywhere. Like, would you like to? You literally was supposed to look. Let me, let me live in my, let me live in my my statement. I ain't gonna say truth, but just you know. But anyway, so what have your experiences been? In dealing with ministry and people, especially us. So, well, first of all, let me say that my quick background in church is this. I went when I had to go or when I didn't have another option. So <laughs> my my dad's side of the family is from Houston, Texas, Texas. You know, them Southern church people. So if I went down there, I was going to church, man. You was going to church. My grandfather was a deacon. <laughs> you were going to church. I didn't have an issue going to church. It wasn't something that my parents pushed on me when we in New York, but that's because both my parents grew up in the church. Like, you will, because again, my parents came from Southern parents. My grandparents on both sides are Southern. You will be in church. So they did not want to push that on me. They said it's up to you to make that decision on if you want to go to church or not. My parents weren't pushing that on me i remember as a kid actually my dad telling me yo when i retire i'm gonna become a rasta and my dad was gonna be a rasta and smoke weed like that's what his goal was when he retired i don't think he succeeded in that but whatever um and my mother was always i mean whatever you want to do whatever you want to do she's she's come back to god i will say that in in her in her seniority uh these days but but when I was growing up, it wasn't pushed. So I went to church every time I went to Texas because that was going to happen. So in Texas, I've been around the Houston area. I've probably been to no less than eight churches in the course of my childhood. Granted, I was only in Houston like every other year growing up. So, you know, there were some places. I will say that there were some some words from some pastors that have stuck with me. There was one, my Aunt Faye took me to church with her and her pastor was the real deal, man. He, he, I was about eight years old, I think. And he gave a sermon about leadership since you mentioned ministry. It was funny because, and then I wound up in it. So I, you know, it was true, but he was like, black people, we always got a title stuff. Like you can't just have the choir. You got to have the men's choir and the woman's choir and the first men's choir and the second men's choir. Like you, we always got a level. And I was like, yo, that's real. We do do that, don't we? But like that kind of word where somebody's speaking something that could apply outside of ministry or outside of church life, 
has always been the stuff that I that I've gravitated toward. And I understand that, you know, that's what's supposed to be stated. But he said it in such a realistic way, in such a relatable way that me at eight, I was like, y'all don't even go to church like that. But I can think about some people in my school that they can't just be. I'm on the, because we had a choir in our school. I'm a choir. I'm first choir. I'm second soprano. I'm first soprano. I'm first soprano. Right? Like, I, I, I'm I, not, in, I'm in the old school choir and the middle school choir. I'm not, in, and I mean, I wasn't that person, but I, like, I got it because even in elementary school, I was in an all school band and I wound up because of where I was in talent wise, I ended up in the middle school band, which I really wasn't even supposed to be in there because I was like, it's great. But my teacher was like, you're a prodigy, you're going in there. So she was really sad because I only did flute for like a year and I made all these accomplishments. But marching band, like you can't, but he was, I mean, it was relatable to when the dude said it. So I was like, I'm here with you. Then middle school, my best friend, I have a history of my best friends being church people. <laughs> we'll get to that. My best okay. friend in middle school went to church. And so anytime I stayed at her house, we were getting up and going to church. If her mom was getting up and going to church. And this is when she lived in the city. My mom lived, moved to the suburbs, not as much. But when her mom lived within the city limits, we were in, if I stayed with her, we were in church. Her church, like, I, I, walked, I walked down the aisle to get saved. I never got, let me say that also. I walked down the aisle to get saved three times, never been saved once. Anyway, um, wait, 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 wait. Do you what? know how they do invitation? You know invitation. What? They invite you down. I've been invited. I've gone thrice in my life. Did you say the words? I said the words that when I was like 12, but then the whole, you know, like baptized thing, that's not Okay, just because you're not baptized doesn't mean you're not saved. That's a misconception too. But, but I don't know. But there are like steps. Because this is the other thing that yes. I said. There are steps, and then it depends on if you talking Baptist steps or you talking these people's steps. Like, that's the other part about this. Like, most of the churches I've been to have been Baptist by name. But people, I mean, I've been, to, I've also been to Mass. Let me tell you, I've been to Mass once, twice. And that was with my, my Aunt Erica. Love her. Love, live, 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 live. Live, 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 live. <laughs> She's my favorite aunt. And the irony is she's my aunt by marriage. And <laughs> she's still my favorite auntie. Um, I went to mass with her. Let me tell you that if it weren't for all the crap that goes on in, in Catholicism, y'all, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. It's too much stuff with y'all. Y'all got too much, too much. But if it weren't for all the other, I would have been Catholic after the first time I went to mass. You want to know why? 45 minutes. 45 minutes. I said, we're done. She was like, yeah, hold up. I looked at the clock when we got in the car. I said, yo, it took us five minutes to get out of there. Like we got here at like 10. It's not even 11. We're done, done? Are you saying like, we got to come back, right? Like there's an afternoon version of this. She's like, no. Sign me up, okay? Because every time I come to Houston, I'm sitting in these three-hour Baptist lectures. Oh, you're going to be there, okay? When they say we go to church, it is a day event, okay? Jericho, we had an 11 o'clock service. I promise you, if you got out, if you got out before three, right? You listen, had short listen okay. me and Temple was, they had a nine. The 9 a.m. was done by 10, so because they had to do the 11. The 11 ran till three. Let me tell you. But anyway, so... That was my thing. That was middle school. My best friend was in church. I went to church with her. 
Then she moved to suburbs and started going to church. Then high school, freshman year, when I got, <clears throat> there was an altercation between me and the director of the dance school I went to. More so, there was a true altercation between, almost an altercation between her and my mother. But there was an incident, let's say that. There was an incident in which I basically was like, you know what, I'm gonna leave. So I left dance, I left the studio around February. So that meant February to June, it was too late to join another school because everybody now was getting ready for recital time and the year performance. So I joined another, I couldn't join another school. So my friend, like probably my best friend in the school, one of two, my black best friend in the school because I had a white one, Stacy. I had a black one, Tamika. Tamika was like, well, you want to come with me to church? Why not? So I went with her to church, Wednesday Bible study, Sunday service, because I had nothing else to do, guys. So I was in church. And, you know, I wasn't really moved too much by the word. I was I was just kind of there for the social more than anything, because the church she went to, and I can't remember the name of it, it's downtown, it's on the corner, it's across the street from the courthouse, um, had a lot of kids in this ministry, because that's the other thing. Some churches have, lot, have large children's population, and others are like, oh, it's nothing but senior saints in here. No, where she was, it was a bunch of kids. Matter of fact, me and one of the kids wound up having like a little fling, church fling romance situation. But I was like, oh, okay. Okay, okay. So I- um, That's why you went to church. <laughs> that wasn't why I initially went, but he was part of the reason I kind of stayed around. Like, right, 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 right. Keep it going, just keep it going. The ministry of love. Uh-huh. Listen, or, God will, move, will put you where you're supposed to be, is what he said. You know what? See, so, no. go ahead. <laughs> so I went to church. So that was then, but I was there February to June, July. The summer, I just did me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just enjoy my summer. And then the next year, I went back to dance. I didn't. I wasn't really in church like that. Um, I didn't go back until my current best friend is a PK. So... Again, God will not, let me tell you what I've learned about the Lord, though. God won't let me go, okay? He will not, he won't. So mm-hmm. here's the thing about that. So um, I didn't know she was a PK when I met her. It wouldn't have changed anything. But she was my best friend. When I came to visit her in Baltimore, she lived in Baltimore. We were in school with Philly, in Philly at the time. And I think the first time I went to church with her, was junior year I want to say I came stayed with her was that right no (laughs) no I'm lying the first time I went to church with her was senior year um January (laughs) a lot a lot changed my life going to church with her January of 2000 and nine, and I'm gonna just leave that there. But a lot, a lot changed in January of 2009, the first time I stepped in, <laughs> in the church. Listen, listen, okay? I got stories, guys, but I'm not gonna tell them. I'm not gonna tell them. I'm not. You can't make me know. I mean, I had to think about the first time I stepped in your temple, and now I remember the first time I stepped in your temple. Man, and and once and so because my best friend was a PK, and I would come see her, um, pretty much January all the rest. 
And then over the years, Union Temple became like my, basically my church home for real. Like to the point where when, by, by de facto, like did I sign up? No. Was I ever a member with a member number? <laughs> Absolutely not. But it became my church home and that that's where I went. I knew everybody. It wasn't, it's not a huge church. Um, I knew everybody. And that's fine because I'm going to be honest with you, 90% of people that, that's just 80% of people that go to church that's, that claims up to be a member of something, they don't have no member number. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I, did, I wasn't, I didn't have that. And I had people... The reason I kept going was because I felt the warmth of people who were actually on ministry. I had a deaconess whom I still love to this day, Deaconess Petty. She is awesome. And I love the fact that her name is Miss Petty because she's awesome. Um, but every time I would see her, she would literally be like, Mac, because that's everybody knows me as Mac. Mac, are you going to join? Mac, when are you joining? Mac, so uh, everybody in there was awesome. That Let, let me change, because everybody in nowhere is awesome. 90% of the people in there were awesome or were silent. So you had like the 10, 10% of the people who, you know, got to be extra. Like you say, those egos or whatever, just everybody in church ain't saved, even if they say they saved. Question. No, they say they just don't be doing right. <laughs> so I was just be honest. They just still people. Some people God still got a demonic spirit and you claim to be saved. So I'm gonna question your say. God ain't finished with them yet. That's they they not delivered. They say they just not delivered. Oh well. Anyway, so anyway. <laughs> um, but that was my experience with that. And with Union Temple is actually when I joined ministry because um, so again, my 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 best friend is a PK. When her father passed, his son took her brother, took over the church. And when I moved in 12, when I moved to Baltimore in 2012, that was what I was like most set Sundays. If I was just still in Baltimore and I wasn't down in, you know, DC with y'all. I went to church on Sunday so that I, I was in there. What ended up happening was they had a media ministry director, and that was a dramatic shift and change and I basically for two years even though they were the the director of media ministry nobody really wanted to deal with them the church was divided half would deal with her the other half would not because she was a treacherous horrible person so the half that would not I mean listen the half that would not um came to me and they were like oh Mac can you do this you do media don't you and I'm like I mean I dabble in graphic design like you know I always had a side hustle I always like doing stuff and they were like well can you show and I because I, I was making flyers for my best friend because she was not dealing with the director of media ministry so when people started seeing that they were like well how much whatever so honestly church became my business like I was charging 20 20 dollars an e-flyer and this was back in like 13 2013 14 15 when Facebook was still popping and, and like e-flyers were new at that point. Like they weren't what they are now with all the canvas and the this, that, and the third and all of this Adobe and everything. It wasn't that, but I had good, I for, especially for a comparison, had good quality and a good designer eye. So I wound up taking that. And then when she left, got kicked out, I don't know. I wound up taking over the ministry and I did that for four years. And I wound up just walking in as the director of media ministry. And everybody was like, great, because you do it anyway. <laughs> so um, it kind of messed up my hustle because now I can't charge you $20 to 
to make your flyers because I'm director of media ministry. So you can't minister yeah. and charge people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they do it. Um, I had to give, I'm not going to be that person. So I had to give up my side hustle for the Lord. And I was like, well, I guess there's worse reasons to give up my side hustle than for the Lord. So I did that. Um, and then I left to go back to school, basically. And um, I found myself, once again, back being summoned, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I found myself being summoned back into ministry again now uh, that the pastor left and has started his own relaunch nation. And now he has asked me to... I'm not being media director, but I am a consultant in helping him transition and build build his media ministry since I was there to build the one of his previous um, place, his previous church. So that's been my my experience in church and ministry. It's kind of messy. It's kind of all over the place. I really was, I was out of, let me say that I was out of church one time and I had to shout out my Aunt D, my Aunt Dolores, because there ain't nobody else going to heaven. This woman is going to heaven. Let me tell you why another reason I went back to church is because so... 2012, 13, and I want to say 14. Every time we would go to church, after church, we would go to her house. We'd go to First Lady's house, right? Cool. First Lady is like, again, my best friend is my best friend. Her family, I've been around them so long that we're family. Her mother is my aunt. Her aunt is my aunt. Her grandma is my, hey, Nana. Her Nana is my Nana. Her aunt Shirley is my aunt Shirley. Like, it's just that. So I went to my aunt Dee's house. They had all gone to church. I hadn't been to church in probably three months, but I was still there every, I was at the, I was at the house when they got out because I was ready to eat. I, I just got my own place. So this was 13, this was like 14. I have my own place now. I'm still, I'm paying rent. I ain't got, I don't have money to eat like that. Okay. But I know that she cooks for an army. So if I go over there on Sunday, I'm gonna walk out with a plate. Like I'm good for the next two, two days, right? This woman, I sat at the table and I don't think I've been to church in like a month. So maybe like four Sundays. When I tell you, I sit down and in front of everybody, she said, oh, Mac, haven't seen you in church in a while. I was like, so what you're saying is, don't you church, mama. Don't you sit at my table if you haven't walked through the door of the Lord. Okay. <laughs> like, it was just, it was it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, like the way she said it. And you have to understand my aunt D is like the softest spoken, chillest person. The way she said it was so, so motherly and so nice. Oh, Meg, we haven't seen you in church in a while. And she's putting food on the table and looking me in my face like, well, that's interesting that you're here, but you can't get there. And I was like, message received. <laughs> right. Conviction. I'll be in church okay. next day. I got it. I got it. No, trust me. I, I mean, and it's good to have some of those people to keep us grounded. And um, because so in ministry, it's funny because I have always been a person who um, appreciates mentorship. And I found out later in life that that was ministry. Um, because people would constantly pour into me and I feed off of people pouring into me, not in an e egotistical way, but in a way that I feel like I'm gaining wisdom and I'm able to pour into others. So, and that's again, learning what ministry is and the trickle down effect and things like that. Um, every time I join a ministry for some reason, I find or someone gravitates to me, well, no, or I, most of the time, it's, it's a 
mutual thing. Gravity it takes to someone. A lot of times she's older. And um, I have to give a shout out to Monita. That's what I call her. She's not my mama, but if my mama were my mama, she would be my mama. Like <laughs> my mother figure as far as in ministry. And because she loved me unconditionally, she checked me. Regardless, we have gotten into it and she's hugged me right after. Uh, she is true. What a mother would do to their child, she did for me in ministry. To a point where now, even now, with us not being in the ministry that we were in and uh, us kind of all of us going our separate ways, she sent me a message yesterday and I just cracked up laughing because it was just like, but, and I miss, that's the one thing I will say, not being in ministry, I do miss that, that uh, fellowship, that connection, um, because they, they ultimately, while operating in a, in a ministry, what a ministry is supposed to do, it is that connection keeps you grounded. It keeps you solid. Um, it's a constant reminder of what you're supposed to be of purpose. Um, so that I do feel a void in, um, one, because I know I'm supposed to be ministering in some capacity outside of my everyday day-to-day life. Um, and, and not saying that ministry is just strictly when you're doing whatever that is under that ministry umbrella, you minister every day, but it's, it's, it's a difference. Um, so that is something that I definitely miss. <laughs> but yes, we all, we all had that mama that she'd be like, whew. I mean, ministry okay, is really supposed to be, like you say, giving it back to God. So if you, mm-hmm. and I think that gets lost for some people when their egos get involved. A lot. But that's really the purpose of ministry is to feed back into, to pour into other people and to pour into, and to, to give back to the Lord by pouring into other people. And I think I never really, when I left, when I left ministry, I didn't really miss it because I think I spend the rest of, I spent, I spend most of my time feeding into other people, like in, in, in other ways that I don't feel like I had that void. Um, and there's stuff about, depending on where you are, um, ministry where it can be everybody's favorite word, toxic, but that it really truly can be that. Like, not to oh, be, absolutely. not to the overstatement of what people have decided toxic means, which is just somebody hurt my feelings. No, 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 no. Like, truly, and worse to the point, because you're talking about spirituality in that and souls in that. Like that, that thing can be a problem when you have somebody questioning themselves in church and questioning their ministry or questioning what the Lord put in them. That, that is truly toxic because it is harmful. It is harmful, not inconvenient. It's a delicate thing. Mm -hmm. It's harmful. Um, But ministry is really just, it, it should be that. It should be service to your fellow man on, for the, for the purpose of God or through God in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I think 
a lot of times when you get involved in ministries, you a lot of people will get hung up on titles where I am the head of the ministry. I am, um, like you said, the lead. I am first soprano. I am, uh, what is it? Praise team leader. I'm a part of the praise team, which is associated with like the choir is the background. Um, we get caught up in those things. And I think that while we're operating in ministry, it is important for our leaders to keep those things in check. But we also have to remember to show grace to our leaders as well, because they are just like us. Um, they're human. Um, so the accountability piece uh, is, is major when dealing with how ministries are supposed to operate. And unfortunately, when <laughs> it doesn't often go check, depending on people uh, and their quote unquote titles, um, we get tied up in them. And I am one who truly believes in a title. And I believe in the title for a very specific reasons. One, everybody can't be the leader. You have to be able to identify the leader and who to go with to cert for certain things. However, just because you have that title or you don't have that title mean, does not mean or does mean, or does not mean that that is the only thing you operate in. Um, being involved in a few ministries, that's one thing that I learned. Um, no, for a long time, I didn't carry the title of choreographer, nor was it a thing that I like kind of desired realistically in the beginning. It wasn't. Um, I just wanted to help and then go back and back. I, I was good back here. I'm, I'm good to help break things down, teach cool, whatever you need to do, but I, I didn't want a title. And I didn't want a title because with titles come responsibility. And with responsibility comes accountability. And for some people, they want the responsibility without the accountability. So you can't have one without the other. And I also have this thing, when people get titles, people get beheaded. That's the other thing. They be, well, yeah, titles, well, yeah, titles but, come with attention as well. Yeah, and and certain things I just don't want attention in, and that was that was one of my reasons for going. One, I was accustomed to going to big churches, being raised in one, but two, when I attempted to go to a smaller church, the amount of attention that was paid to me in my personal life, and not in a positive way, and I'm being nosy, messy way. I said, "Yeah, this small church thing, I can't do." I'll go to a big church where I am just a simple number. I can go in, do what I need to do between me and the Lord, and I can leave. And that was my mentality for a long time. Um, as I continued to operate in ministry, did desires of certain things um, as far as leadership come about later? Yes. And even in that, it was disappointment. Um, because I didn't get it. <laughs> Whole nother story. Another piece of church hurt, but I didn't let that stop what I was doing. 
And with me not letting that stop what I was doing, even so it was years later when it got to the point where I got back to the mentality of, oh, I will help over here, but I don't want to leave it. This mother things happened, and I was like, look, I can't. I felt convicted for, for let, knowing that I could, I had the skills and the tools and the ability to do X, Y, and Z and to not do it. To me, I felt the conviction of God saying that, you know, you know better. And I'm like, God, but I don't want to be in front of anything like this because I, I didn't want the responsibility. Now, the, the accountability piece didn't bother me. The responsibility, the being responsible, I'm already responsible for my own children, but to be, and their souls, but to be responsible for other people in that manner, in that capacity, I didn't want. And he was like, okay, but this is where I need you. And remember, I am with you. So those were the constant confirmations that I was receiving, which is why I stepped into the, pl the place of leadership that I did. And he definitely did. And I definitely saw him working and moving and growing in uh, the people that I were, the babies that I were over top of. I saw him doing things if, as far as me and teaching me different things. Um, and then it got crazy and chaotic. And I said, okay, Lord, I know you don't operate in confusion. This here Confucian, this Confucius, it's not you. So I'm going, I'm going to step back. And honestly, he said, okay, because it was a lot of other things that were going on with a transition of a major church. It's a lot that goes on. And it became a lot to the point where when leadership, steps down unexpectedly. And I'm not talking about your spotlight. Look at me. I am, you know, I mean, true and honest leadership, people who care about them, what you're doing as a whole, no things in and outside. Hey, I can't do this. And then the people who are supposed to be over top of that leadership, nothing. I as a sub person, when you take that leader out, there's somebody, you know, who's supposed to be up here that's supposed to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not gonna let y'all fall. Let me come in. You're the leader that's supposed to lead when they didn't come down and say, uh-uh. And you let a whole ministry fall to the wayside? I can't. I got I was a guy now. I, know I, think I, a, I think that's the problem with ministries, with some ministries. I think the issue with that I've seen with ministry, and I, I, I prefer smaller churches, but that's that's you know that's why for another time, big versus small churches, megas and, and minis. But to ministry, to the point of ministry is leadership is always important, whether in business, whether in your household, whether in church, it is. And I think the issue that comes is people aren't as ready to leave a church because of what it means and what it symbolizes and what it is. There have been so many studies that have said people will quit a job. People don't quit. People say people don't quit jobs. Most people don't quit jobs. They quit managers, aka you quit leadership. 
middle management at that, but they quit their leaders. It's harder to do that when it's not just a paycheck on the line. Right. Because most people in ministry, especially depending on the size of the church and depending on what ministry you're in, aren't getting paid. Aren't getting paid. If at all. So you're not here for the paycheck. So because your conviction is higher, because you're being convicted from a higher place, a higher plane of deeper, a deeper level, it's not as simple as just, oh, I'm a lead, which is why I think when so many people who haven't served in ministry, whether they are church members or not, are like, well, if he was doing that and that's the pastor or, you know, the, the media ministry director or the director of praise team or whatever director is getting on your nerves, girl, just leave. It's not. It's not, it's not yeah. that simple because mm-hmm. you're looking at it from, oh, your boss is on your nerves, go leave. Because it's easier to find, let's say you're a, a sous chef and the main chef is getting on your nerves. It's easier to find a job as a sous chef because you can go to these restaurants, you can go to this. And while you're willing to take that hit financially because, you know, you are there, even if you like the environment, if the environment's changed, then you're really only there for the paycheck. If you were invested in a church and you weren't getting paid, then your investment was deeper than money. So to just be like, yo, I'm out. No, because you were invested in the people. You were invested in the environment. You were invested in the experience. You were invested in so much more than just catching a uh, catching a check at the end of your at the end of your ship. That's not what it was about. Or so being in front of people. It's it's not it's not the show. It, it's so much more than that, and 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 you were absolutely right because my husband, my husband is not that person, so he was caught. Well, just leave, baby. It's it's not that simple. Not that simple. It's not that simple, and I think that sometimes that's something that happens in ministry. People know that, and they play on it. Yep, they play on that that vulnerable piece. And look, we we don't. We understand you're human, you're you're faulty. Okay, we all fall short, and please know that. But you have some people in those quote unquote higher positions or with those titles operating in ministry, and it will tear the ministry apart. Um, I think people like we go, people need to understand church hurt is real. Church hurt is so real. And when you operate in a ministry of any sort, it hits deeper because it's actually it's your free time that's invested. And yes, do we know that we do this for more than just, you know, the surface level? This this is actually, this is a way of me offering this back to God. This is, a, you know, what we're supposed to do to pour out into we understand that completely, but we're still human. So when you hurt us on that level, uh, that hurt has to be addressed. It's not just, oh, get over it. And it has to be addressed properly. And what you can't do is pretend to address it and then things revert back to the exact same. You can't do that. Because now you're not doing anything but taking that wound and ripping that uh that's did that and ripping it just ripping that scab right up off of it so you're hurting re-hurting re-hurting and you you have to be very 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 aware 
And it, ministry is a touchy situation, just like any anything else. You have to be very aware of what you're doing. Um, you have to be very intentional. Um, you have to understand the purpose. Yes, you have to understand the purpose and and um, understand the importance of ministry because ministry is extremely important. So if anybody's listening to this or for those who are listening to this, please understand we are not down. I'm not trying to down ministry. I'm not trying to downplay it. I will always encourage anyone that if you are involved in, if you want to get involved in ministry, do it. It is, a, even though you're dealing with people <laughs> and people are people, it's more of a inner joy that you will experience to be, when done properly, poured into, encouraged so much to the point where you want to pour out unto others and see others succeed and see others pour out and keep going. Um, it's so fulfilling. It really is. You know that fuzzy feeling that you get when you watch Christmas movies? You can have that all year round operating in the ministry if you're doing it from a genuine, true place and keeping your purpose, the purpose of ministry first. Um, and yes, ministry is work. It is. Um, and if you're going to be a part, my last point, if you're going to be a part of ministry, no matter how big or how small, um, assist your leaders. Assist. Trust me, they need your help. I don't care if it's carrying a bag. Hey, let me go and get this. Oh, I got here five minutes early. Do you need me to grab bottles of water? You know, help your leaders out. Um, every little bit is appreciated. Truly is. Um, and that's, that's all I got. I, I know for culture, us Black people, we get in ministry and, you know, some people go, Coo-coo. but it is, it's, it's a joyful experience. I, I, I miss it. I miss it. I miss it dearly. Um, but I just have to wait to find the right, where I'm supposed to be. That's truly going to depend on what the Lord, the Lord my God tells me and directs the path that he wants me to take before I do something else. Um, that's just me. And any last words from you, Madame? This, if you're going to do ministry, keep God first. If you are a leader, keep God first. If you are a pastor, keep God first. If I mean, you're not going you're not going to avoid the demons and devils in the church. I mean, everybody, the church doors are open to all. Please know that. Please understand that the devil speaks all languages and knows the Bible just as well as God as God does. So all of that exists. But um, for anybody, if you if you really truly keep God first and you keep people first, then I think a lot of the problems that you have in ministry and in church in general would not exist or in the world in general, quite frankly. But that's why for another time. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. And on that note, we will say. Cheers to that. So, 
now that our wine glasses are empty, Siobhan, how was your LVE by John Legend? Your Groot Sparkling Rosé? Yeah, so this LVE Brut Rosé French Sparkling Wine. Um, I'm not moved. <laughs> I've never had a rosé, a sparkling rosé. Like most of mine are, you know, I, I do Prosecco or I do a champagne or I do that. That's pretty much where I go. Or I did a Lambrusco once that I, you know, the business. But this didn't move me. And I don't know if I should have gotten the flat instead of the sparkling. I want a little bubble. So the bubbles were there, but I just, I, I, I don't, oh, I just, hold on y'all. Good Lord. Okay. I don't. It don't, it doesn't, my computer, my camera doesn't want to show y'all. Um, it's, it's pretty bottle, but I just, I can't, like, no. It's 11.5% um, alcohol by volume, which I guess that's great. So it's not too bad on that front. It's dry, of course. Um, it's just so it's dull like it didn't have any flavor of its own like you know you drink a good prosecco or a good champagne and it's got that dry that bubble that bite and then there's something under it there's nothing under this like to me i just i, I wasn't moved i don't and when i say when i see sparkling or rose i'm thinking celebration this mm -hmm. this this wouldn't be a great celebration it's like that party that you got invited to but you didn't really want to be there like for somebody's birthday, but you like, I don't really, I don't really mess with them too hard. I don't really rock with them too tough, but I'm a go because they friends with my friend or I'm a go because they did something for me this one time. So I feel like I should like, it's an obligation. Out of, out of obligation. This is an obligatory rosé. So like if you're invited to somebody's like function and you you feel like you should get them something, but you don't really rock with them too tough. It's kind of like this probably would be great with it for a wine tail. It's like yo, I'm gonna bring you this. You gonna have to put your own stuff on it. Like this is bare minimum of what I can do for you because I'm just I'm not invested. That's me personally. I I'm gonna give this a two. I I just I I yeah no. This is the ordinary people of wine. It's just ordinary people. Is that of wine? I really. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I didn't like it too much. No. Wow. Okay, ordinary people. Um, my Chardonnay LVE. What does this say on the back? I just had certain uh, general warnings. It didn't have anything on the back. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, you're right, it doesn't. Um, for Chardonnay, to me, this was sweet. This was not stiff. Um, last week we I had we we both had the brown house of brown, Chardonnay. yes, and that was drier, it had the stiffness of a Chardonnay. This to me, um. It was okay, uh, not, it was clean. I will say that it was very, it did have a clean taste. 
Um, it, I do taste the oak in it. Um, it's not a memorable Chardonnay. This would be, ooh, I need something. Let me just grab a Chardonnay out of, like if I had it in my China cabinet, let me just grab this Chardonnay. Um, not, ooh, this is my favorite Chardonnay. Yeah, they gonna love it. It's not that, it's, you know, let me just grab this, I need a wine. Um, uh, my rating for this is probably not, it's gonna be a 2.5. Um, it was okay. Um, I didn't really have any like high expectations because I try not to have them just in general, so I'm not let down. Um, defense mechanism, <laughs> but yeah, I love the packaging. Uh, yeah, the bottle's clean. But yeah, even with that, like you said, this would be like a good okay. Bring a bottle of wine. I don't know what you like. Here's a shardy day. Um, but even with that, like the the branding is really plain. Actually, like it's the white I mean, with the thick, and I feel like that's the shot. That's what I'm getting here. Like it's pretty, but it's yeah, this, I, it's just. Right, it's, I, I don't really need it to be a whole lot. Like we've had some very like nice bottles with some very clean um, labels that was like, ooh, still intriguing. I think this is clean and it's elegant. I, I can appreciate it. Um, and again, I, that's what this is. This is, I can appreciate a Chardonnay wine. I appreciate it. Is it a favorite? No, but I can appreciate this. Um, personally, I would have liked a more I feel like this is more of a medium body. I think I'll, I personally prefer a, a, a medium to heavy Chardonnay. Um, so if you like something that's a more medium, not really light, but kind of Chardonnay, I think this is cool. This will be a good one for you. Um, I would recommend this with like chicken. You know, like a nice little chicken dish, like you had like chicken and the vegetable. Um, you just wanted a little glass of wine, nothing fancy. I think this is, I think this is my nothing fancy, but it'll work one. Um, but that's yeah, what I so, meant when I was brought up the label, though. Like to me, the label is the LV. Like the words are nice and grab your attention, but the but the packaging itself is very simple. It's very plain, and to me, the well, the rose at least reflects the bottle that it's in the bottle's pretty the bottle's nicely shaped but the, the the look of it is very much what you get in the bottle like it's got a little yeah. little something nice but overall it's just mm. yeah um and that's just, so i think this would be like a nice gift you know you don't really know if somebody likes chardonnay or not and this is kind of in that light to medium in my opinion i could definitely be wrong i'm not an expert <laughs> Lights and medium family. Uh, so, um, yeah, a 2.5 is good because preferably for me with my Chardonnays, I do like them to be full body after. Like, I want to, I might need some water dry as far as my Chardonnay. Um, and this did not do that. So if you don't like that taste, this might actually be really good for me. Um,
And that's that's going to be my review for the LVE Chardonnay 2021. Overall, John Legend, good job. Keep it up. Um, I actually seen a, I saw another one that I actually want to try. Um, uh, so, you know, keep it up. Hey, do your thing. We support you. And uh, that that's going to be our review, ladies and gentlemen. And on that wonderful note, we would like to thank you for joining us on this wonderful episode of A Little Something to Learn About with your host, Taya Michelle. And be sure you share, like, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button below. Comment below as well. Join the conversation. Have you tried LVE? If you have, which uh, wine did you have? Let us know. Do you recommend anything else or uh, anything else from this brand? Or do you have another African black brand that you would want us to uh, try? Excuse me, golden. <laughs> brand that you would want us to try? Suggest it in the comments below. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at a little something, the number two. Wine about, and as always, there's nothing wrong with a little wine. No.